This is The Space Shot, episode 110 for September 1st, 2017. Stand by for news and some history. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix. I've got two quick pieces of news before I get into the history. Getting off work late and recording today's episode even later has its perks. The first is that SpaceX announced just a few minutes ago at the time of recording this episode that they have tested all three Falcon Heavy first stage cores at the SpaceX facility in McGregor, Texas. Now that all three cores of the Falcon Heavy have been tested, they will make the journey to Kennedy Space Center for what I'm hoping is a spectacularly successful first flight later this year. The second piece of news is that earlier today, the White House announced that President Trump's pick for NASA Administrator is Representative James Bridenstine. Representative Bridenstine introduced the American Space Renaissance Act in 2016 and has introduced legislation related to space issues during his time in office. He's also a naval aviator, flying everything from the E-2C Hawkeye to the F-18 Hornet. His nomination will require Senate confirmation, and at this point a timeline for that has yet to be announced. I've got three pieces of history for today. The first is on this day in 1902, the film A Trip to the Moon is released. It's considered the first science fiction movie in history, and in the past 115 years, we've gone from the primitive special effects in this movie to movies like Avatar and Star Wars, which rely heavily on computer graphics and practical effects that can completely immerse the viewer in the movie. I'm linking to this movie in the show notes, so be sure to check it out. Also, on this day in 1979, Pioneer 11 performed a flyby of Saturn, which gave us our first up-close looks at that planet. Pioneer 11 was the first of four spacecraft to visit Saturn, and it would be another quarter century before a spacecraft actually entered orbit around Saturn, that distinction belonging to Cassini, which arrived in 2004. In 1995, NASA Administrator Daniel Golden said in a press release that, quote, This is the little spacecraft that could, a venerable explorer that has taught us a great deal about the solar system and, in the end, about our own innate drive to learn. Pioneer 11 is what NASA is all about, exploration beyond the frontier. Pioneer 11 sent back information on Saturn that showed the planet had more moonlets than we had previously known, and it also discovered a new ring. It studied the magnetic field of the planet and measured radiation in the interior during its flyby. Even after its primary mission had been completed, the reliable little spacecraft was still transmitting. It sent back data on the solar wind, magnetic fields of the sun, and cosmic rays. Eventually, its power source decayed and wasn't able to generate enough energy to power science instruments or the communication system on the spacecraft. NASA announced that contact with Pioneer 11 would stop sometime in 1996. It's currently the third most distant human-made object from Earth. The last piece of history I have today is related to SpaceX. In 2016, they suffered an explosion of one of their Falcon 9 rockets while preparing to perform a static fire test on the rocket. This explosion on the pad was devastating for SpaceX for many reasons. The resulting negative press from this explosion was booming online and in print. 
A loss of a vehicle is nothing new. Just look back at the early years of American and Soviet spaceflight, and heck, even back to the 90s as well, and there's plenty of blooper reels to choose from. The second reason this anomaly was unfortunate is that it put Slick 40, or Space Launch Complex 40, the SpaceX pad at Cape Canaveral, out of commission for the past year as crews worked to fix the pad. The explosion at Slick 40 meant that SpaceX didn't have a pad available on the Eastern Range. This made them fall further behind schedule than they already were, but this year they have tried to make up some of their launches. Finally, the loss of the vehicle on the launch pad also resulted in the loss of the Amos 6 satellite. Part of trying to launch more quickly meant that SpaceX had integrated the payload onto the rocket during testing, which meant that there was not only a loss of the launch vehicle, but also a loss of the communications satellite as well. The Amos 6 satellite was going to be used primarily by Facebook, providing internet access to areas that are underserved in Africa. The negative press that resulted from the loss of the, quote, Facebook satellite, as many media sources called it, wasn't good either. SpaceX has more than bounced back from this anomaly. They've launched a record number of flights this year, with even more still to come in the final months of 2017. On Thursday, September 7th, SpaceX is due to launch the X-37B mini-shuttle for the United States Air Force. As that launch approaches, I will be sure to share links to the webcast when the time arrives. Personally, I think it's crazy that that launch mishap was a year ago. SpaceX has made incredible progress in the past nine months, let alone the last 12, and I'm excited to see just how far SpaceX is able to go in the coming years. Check out the show notes for more information on today's episode, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. Let me know what you think of the show by leaving a rating in iTunes. It takes just a minute to leave a rating, and it makes a huge difference because it helps even more people find the show. I'd also appreciate if you could share the space shot with your friends and family, and anyone else that enjoys podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Twitter for tomorrow's episode. I'm going to have a few episodes early this month that cover a variety of topics, so stay tuned for that. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.